You're listening to the Franchise Freedom Podcast with Giuseppe Grammatico. Welcome to the Franchise Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Giuseppe Grammatico, your franchise guide. And today we have a very special guest. Today we are speaking with Zach Ballinger. A little bit about Zach. Uh, Zach has been motivating for over 14 years individuals and audiences all ages at high schools, colleges, nonprofit organizations, civic groups, and corporations through his presentations, seminars, videos, podcasts, books, and articles. So been all over the place. Um, on the stage and from his heart, Zach brings a passion for purpose that is infectious and undeniable. As a motivational and TEDx speaker, author, and career consultant, he guides people self-discovery that changes their lives. Zach, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Great to be here. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, so before before we get started, I always like to ask each, each and every guest, uh, give us um, a little bit about your background uh, kind of who you are and how did you get into what you're doing today? Yeah, I think it all starts for me back in college. I never knew what I wanted to do. I was always jealous of people that had kind of found their passion, like they want to be a doctor or a dentist and they work towards that goal. Well, for me, I just kind of stumbled through different business majors <laughs> in college, never knew what I wanted to do. And I figured I'd do pharmaceutical sales because that made a lot of money back then. It was a hard industry to get into. And I got into it and I enjoyed it for a few years. But I think when your passion's not there, things quickly die off. And it did for me, certainly. And then Coupled that, I had a uh, diagnosis with a medical condition called Meniere's disease. It actually took half my hearing, so I am legally deaf. And during that process, I woke up with two freight trains running down the side of my ears. Ninety uh, percent I could not hear. Went to doctor after doctor, a lot of failed therapies and surgeries. And finally, one doctor told me, he said, how much stress is in your life? And I said, well, that's a really stupid question because we all have a lot of stress in our mm -hmm. life. He's like, how much stress? And we began to peel back the onion. And it was for me a job that I hated mm -hmm. that was actually adding to that stress. And I knew for me, it was a matter of time to have some self-discovery to figure out what I really was good at. I never did this exercise. And for me, the whole it was teaching. It was motivating and teaching seemed to be that passion. And we think of high school teachers or college professors only when we think of teaching, but teaching could be a motivational speaker. And for me, I got in, I wrote my first book, The Hot Seat, How to Meet the Challenge of a New Era in Job Interviewing. And I began talking to people around in colleges, campuses about job interviewing. And then I found out real quickly, people were asking, wait a minute. I don't even know what I want to do. So how can I go to a job interview? And that inspired the next book, Don't Be a Zombie, How to Find a Career You Love. And that's where I am today. Wow. That's, um, th that is really interesting because I think a lot of people are in that, currently in that same situation or, or have experienced that. And it's kind of figuring out what you want to do, right? Uh, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I think that passion, that passion piece we talk about, you know, that's, that's a weekly conversation. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, because this is, this is how I, how, how I approach it and how I had a few mentors and, and coaches kind of help me through this process. You have to be careful sometimes with passion in that sometimes you get very granular. So for example, I see people, including, including myself, I was a, uh, back in my early days, an avid video gamer, and that was my passion. So I went into that industry. Well, sure enough, 
Uh, I can't stand video games. That was one way that I just, it kind of killed the passion because that was my, my escape, you know, of getting away, of, of getting away from, you know, the, the work and the school and all that other stuff. So the way it was explained to me was that passion is what, what's your why, right? So, so that why and passion actually linked together. And as I got older, my why was spending time with, it wasn't making tons of money, kind of like your first career. It was, you know, it was spending time with family and, and travel and things like that. And what vehicle could get me there? And there's obviously multiple vehicles. And, and then obviously you dig, dig a little deeper with strengths and, and interests and things like that. But talk to us a little bit more about, you know, having that reason, that why, that passion, and, and maybe give some advice to people that are struggling in that area. Yeah, it's a great scenario because I think a lot of us are there. And what happens is, is we equate, you know, for a long time, I wanted to be an NBA basketball player. And I talk about that in my story, you know, when I was 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, that's what was my dream. That's what I felt like my passion was. Right. But obviously, if you'd looked at my body, I was about 200 pounds with no <laughs> muscle at all and six feet. And I wanted to guard Shaquille O'Neal. And realistically, people from the outside are looking at that and they're like, that might not be your passion in your career. And right. so basketball was a great foundation. It was a good sport. It taught me a lot of leadership lessons and I like to play it. But was I realistically going to be an NBA player? No. And I think for a lot of us, we've got to separate our hobbies from what our passions are. And so we can be passionate about nonprofit and giving, but that might not necessarily be what a career pathway we've been. Right. So when I talk about passion for your career, it's something that gets you going. It is your why. It's these conversations that you want to be having every day. What do you want to be involved in? What are you happy at most of the time? Back to your point, you know, I talk to a lot of individuals who say, hey, my passion's my kids. I just want to spend time enough while they're growing up to be there for them in life. And that can be your passion. I have no problem with that. But I always say that, too. Why can't you have both? Why can't you live for that, spend time with your kids, hang out with them, and also enjoy your job? It's not that hard of a concept. I think we make it hard, mm -hmm. but it is hard to find it. I, I will say that. Yeah, and I, I actually, to your point too, I, I always say, what are you, what are you doing on a daily basis? So maybe we narrow in on an industry or something you enjoy, but what are you doing daily? And uh, is it? Are you traveling? Are you going to to an office? Are you working from home? Are you on the phone all day? So I always talk to people about, uh, to your point, kind of. We, we, we're, we're saying a lot of the similar things. I like to reverse engineer it, which is basically what do you want? And then we'll figure out how to get there. What is your ideal day? Don't worry about how, but look for now, let's figure out what it looks like. And then we'll, we'll kind of reverse engineer and figure it out. So, which, which actually leads me into, you know, how to get started. And I think that's, that's where people start to, to get stuck. I can't tell you how many people I've talked with that have business plans, these companies that they want to build sitting on a word document and, they don't know where to start or how to get started. Um, I, I read a book about, uh, when was it? I think it was last year, it was around, around, around the holidays last year called um, Who, Who Not How by Dan Sullivan, which uh, was an inspiring book because it talks about who can get you to that next position or that next uh, account or, or, or having you grow your business versus you know, figuring out the actual how. So talk to us a little bit about that, that question, how to get started. Are you figuring out yourself? Is it is it better to leverage a person that's done it before? 
Yeah, you know, there's a lot of ways, and I, I agree with you. I talk to a lot of college students that want to start a business, but they don't even know where to begin. So your audience might be a little bit more advanced. They may have their business plan, and they're just they say, well, where do I start? And what I always say is start with baby steps. Mm-hmm. So if you're planning whatever business you're planning to run, let's say you're doing a lawn care business, and you really want to grow this to be like a big empire, and you want to take over a city, let's start out by having you mow a yard first and see how that experience is. And then when you get there to that, take on one customer, take on two customers. But I always tell people to start small, especially mm-hmm. when they're talking about businesses. I want to see, you know, I talked to the, the other day, somebody who wanted to be a great chef. Mm-hmm. And so he wanted to own his restaurant. And then I kind of started feeling, but I said, well, have you ever worked in a restaurant? No. Wow. And I said, <laughs> if you, have you ever thought about perceptoring somebody? I really encourage people to do perceptorships with business people mm-hmm. or have a mentor so you can mm-hmm. actually get hands-to-hands operational experience. And a lot of times when you volunteer with a business, guess what? They're not going to let you work for free. Right. And so you come in there and shadow. And so this individual actually took my advice, believe it or not, went around behind the scenes for a week and you know a few months later i ended up talking to him and i said so how's that chef going you know and he's like figured out i didn't want to do that i did mm-hmm. not want to own my own restaurant you know because a lot of the times their only own restaurant is different from you actually cooking and your cooking was your passion he's like operations finances that's just not for me and so he ended up opening up an own catering business on the side mm-hmm. and is trying to grow that right out of his kitchen and so start small mm-hmm. start somewhere and start off like you said by a mentor or actually getting your hands dirty and seeing how the process works if one of your audience members wants to own a franchise in dry cleaning but you've never been to a dry cleaner then I really want you to learn more about it. So the more knowledge you have, the more confidence you have, that confidence will give you that motivation to get started. I like that. Great advice. And and to your point, talk talk to other bit to your, to your point with the uh, the chef, talk to business owners. Um, free help. Yeah, the, who who's going to turn down free help if it if it uh, helps you to gain experience and, and get clarity on what you want to do next. So, I think that's crucial. And we tell <laughs> excuse me, all our aspiring Franchise owners is just talk to people, talk to, you know, visit people, talk to other, we call it validation, talk to other franchise owners and pick their brains. Um, just because to your point, you love cooking doesn't, you know, when you run a restaurant, you're still going to be maybe cooking, but there's hiring and firing there. There's, you know, finding that first location, obviously in, in the beginning, the infancy stages, but um, you want to make sure that role is in line with you know, what you'll be doing kind of on a daily basis and, and have certain expectations in place. So I think doing the research online is great, but actually to your point, doing it, mowing a lawn, you want to own a lawn so- service and you've never uh, mowed a lawn. Um, I would tell, I would challenge people, do it. You get a better appreciation. I, I was in the building service and, and, and cleaning industry, cleaned an office on my own. You get a better appreciation of how long th- things take. And Things that you know will help expedite the process. So I think that's uh, some really good, uh, some really great advice. Not good advice, uh, great advice. So um, a hot topic we kind of talked about before the show, and this conversation comes up quite a bit. And and I've been getting, you know, we're we're kind of in a crazy time right now with with COVID. Um, a lot of people are still looking for work, but you talk to a lot of business owners, and um, 
they can't find uh, help depending on certain industries may be a little bit more difficult than others. So talk to us about the importance of, of hiring about, you know, finding the, the right staff, as I call the staff is the lifeblood of any business. So talk to us a little bit about staff and, and the importance of hiring. It is such a tough topic right now, because if you back up to what we were just saying, first of all, I challenge my college students that I talk to, because that's more my audience. We've talked kind of about that before the show, is that there's a labor crisis right now. People don't have enough help. And so now is the best time for those college students to be getting in there, getting their hands dirty, seeing how that process works, networking with people, learning the business. It's There's no better time. So we always say this is the worst time to open a business. I disagree with that fundamentally. Mm-hmm. I think it's the best time. Now, it can be the worst time as well, but it can also be the best time. And that's why I tell my college students, get in there, ask questions, ask to volunteer. Right now, people need help. Even at big corporations, people need help. So that's a way to get your foot in the door. Now, back up to what you're talking about. How do we hire? And I think for business owners that have never went through a job interview, who have never asked questions, who have never been able to, you know, read that emotional intelligence of a person, or maybe they just give a great interview, but they're not the best candidate. And what I want to encourage small business owners to do, I know you think this is going to be a lot of time and it is. And I always say, take your time on your first hire, Mm -hmm. spend six, seven, eight interviews with that person. And I'm not talking about where you're just getting it in a suit and a tie. You actually take that person out to coffee, take them out to dinner, start talking to them, really learn about their character, learn about their leadership. And when you check references, I think that's so important. We, a lot of times, you know, we know the candidates going to give us their three best. Right. (laughs) I mean, that's common sense, but I would ask the question, do you mind if I talk to your previous hiring manager? Mm -hmm. And maybe they said, well, I don't really want you to do that because of the current, my job. I remember, Mm -hmm. of course you wouldn't do that, but let me talk to somebody that's actually managed you before. Right. And really start digging through that person. Not that we don't trust them, but we want to trust and verify their mm-hmm. information. Also, what I encourage business owners to do, if somebody's talking about what they accomplished, I'd love to see something that shows that. And so while candidates can make up stuff, we know they can fudge stuff. But if they say they want a leadership award, I'd love to get my eyes on that mm-hmm. or maybe even see it online. So we can verify some disinformation and then we learn their character. We can bring them on. You can teach skills, but you can't teach character. I like that. And, and, you know, I'll, I'll even add to that because even in my first business hiring was not, was not easy for me. Everyone seemed great. And then it's like, all right, well, what are the, the right questions you should be asking? So I think when, when checking references too, I think um, give everyone the benefit of the doubt, uh, maybe at their past employer, Maybe that employer had some okay things to say, but there were a lot of areas of improvement uh, back into that, into that conversation. Well, what, what kind of training? Maybe, maybe they didn't offer, give the, the employee a shot, right? They didn't have a training manual in place, or they kind of gave one day of, of, of training and then and it was off to the races, kind of figure, figure things out and, and, and hopefully it works. So I believe in second chances, digging a, a little bit deeper into your point, especially your first couple hires, spending Lots of time because they are the lifeblood of the business. They are an extension of your business, right? If there's any complaint, 
you know, it, whether it's your employee or that that employee did a poor job, it's it's a reflection of your business. So I always, uh, unfortunately, um, sometimes I, I made mistakes as well. <laughs> right? My my employee would have to come back and say, we, we apologize. Maybe that email got missed or that phone call got missed. So, but uh, I think hiring is crucial right now. And I think to if there are college students kind of going into the workforce, this is a this is a great opportunity. And another another kind of cool thing, um, not that you know you always try to look at the positives and uh, things, but with COVID, is you can ask, what did you do to get through COVID? I have all my my franchise candidates do that. Uh, that's a great validation question. Did did the franchise step up? Did they help their franchisees? Did they all go out of business? Did they close all their stores or their businesses? So I think. When um, you know talking to companies, find out what they did. Were they innovators? Are, they, are these companies? Because you also want to interview, in, in a way, the the, the uh, corporation, the company that you're interviewing with, to make sure that they're a good fit for you. That you're you have a long career. That they're going to be teaching you and helping you grow. So, uh, I encourage everyone in a, in a professional manner. You also want to be interviewing um, your future employer. Uh, would would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. You know. The- to, and what you said, like just to back up a little bit, and when I talk about verifying references mm-hmm. and talking to higher managers, it's strictly a character thing that I'm looking for. Because, you know, if you talk to them and you t- let's say you call IBM and you talk about Sally's previous work history and the manager's like, well, Sally wasn't that great of a candidate. Um, she struggled at the software engineering side. She just couldn't pick up on technology. And then when you interview Sally, she's like, I didn't like IBM because I don't want to be a software engineer. That's not my strength. Mm-hmm. My strengths are planning, uh, okay. organizing. It's admin. And so that's another way you can peel back the area of the onion. If the employer, if it's a hard task versus a soft skill, I'm more interested in, well, you know, S- Sally couldn't cut it out here. She couldn't master the PowerPoint. <laughs> well, if that's not a function of the job that I am, but Sally's there every single morning, she's got a smile on her face. She's coachable. She's mm-hmm. accessible. She's a team player. That's what I'm looking for right there. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, talk- did I answer yeah. your question? No. You did. No, you did. No, you did. Okay. And actually, you actually clarified a little bit too, because we were talking about just pure, you know, performance review, contacting a previous employer, but you, you are right. Uh, when you are in the wrong position, um, and that, that, uh, doesn't help, that doesn't help at all, right? You're in a, in a function where that's not where you see yourself. Then maybe they're interviewing for something completely different. So I think character is, is huge. And I think a lot of employers, I was back in 2007, my first business that I own on, on my own. And, uh, it wasn't something that I had to do before. And it was kind of I've I've had that in the family businesses where someone else took care of that role. So that's not something that that's something that takes it's a skill. It takes a little bit of practice. It's not just about a job posting, but okay, I got this great posting. How do I know who's the right candidate? And these are expensive mistakes to make um, because now you are spending maybe a month training and traveling with this particular person and getting them up and running to find out. You hired them for a sales role because they 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 saw that you can make a hundred thousand your first year, and they're very they're more of an introvert and they prefer to kind of deal with the financials. And uh, I had that happen to me, and we had a, a really good conversation. And that one employee ended up being a, you know, one of our most valuable employees. We we shifted the the, uh, the positions, and um, but it was nice to actually have that conversation. But it was my fault 
for not maybe asking the right questions to see which was a good fit. So and to um, your point, everybody's nice when you interview right. them. Sure. <laughs> First time business owners, they're like, well, they were just so nice. And, you know, when I consult with them and I'm like, well, nice is great, but it's almost like dating. Everybody's nice when you first meet. Right. <laughs> so we keep that in mind. Uh, interviewing is like dating. It's getting to know that person, getting to know what makes them tick, what's their value systems, all that good stuff is very important. And that's why I encourage businesses who say, well, I just don't have time, Zach, to pull around with that. I only have time for one interview. Well, you're going to be probably hiring a lot then. Right. Yep. And and it's it's very costly. So um, good, good point. Talk, talk to us about your, uh, your books. Uh, If you can give the titles, we'll include all that in the, uh, in the show notes. And, yes. um, thank you. Books. So yeah. And, and then, you know, who I guess is a follow up. Sorry, not to interrupt. Sorry about that. You're so, fine. so the books and who should be contacting you kind of, you know, is the best route the book and then go, going to your website or I guess what, what does that all look like? The easiest way people can get a hold of me is uh, zachballinger.com. And all my social media links are right there. My Instagram, my LinkedIn, which I encourage everybody to have a LinkedIn, and then my Instagram. So for the the younger students who want to follow me on Instagram, I'm all there on those three platforms. I do the show, the Zach Ballinger Show. That show is a career library where, let's say, you've always wanted to be a detective or you always wanted to be a police officer Mm. or a rapper or whatever. Whatever. We're creating a library of careers for informal interviews that you guys can listen to. If something that strikes your passion that you've always thought about you wanted to do and you wanted to hear an informal interview, it's assembled a career library and for you to learn more about that career and connect with that person. The books are very simple. The first one's The Hot Seat, How to, cha- how to Beat the Challenge of a New Era in Job Interviewing. And that's all about job interviewing. And that's how to acing your job interview, which I think your audience might benefit more from my new book, Don't Be a Zombie, How to Find a Career You Love. And that actually walks you through Passion Finder. It gives you tests to find your personality profile, strengths. Uh, We talk about why you should have motivation. What are some motivation? We give you specific tactics. So after we get done, we don't just say, well, there's a nice book for you to read. We give you day one, day two, what to do, action items for you to get started and for you to find true passion in your life. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah. And and I think that's what's missing in a lot of books. It's kind of you have all this great information. (laughs) It's like, okay, what do I do now? What do I do? do? How do do I get started? Okay, give me give me a sample week. Give me my next seven days. What do I do after immediately after reading the book? So I think that's crucial. And it's it's missing in a lot of content books, whether it's a book or a website. I talk to people all the time. They're full of information. And I'm like, okay, why, why do you want to own a business? I don't know. I, I heard, I, and they're giving me stats and I go, I don't care about the stats. Right. Yeah. The, the odds are against you in, in, in many businesses, right? Uh, especially at your first year, I believe franchising um, may, uh, may ass- will assist if you find the right business for you because you have that support. But put, let's put all that aside. Why, why do you want to own a business and why do you want to own a business now? And it's like, ah, that, that's uh that's where you stump people. So I, these are, these are great. I, I really like this where, some of the stuff re- requires a little bit of thought, you know, challenges, challenges you to, to, to figure out what's next, what's going to make you happy. And I encourage everyone to check out the book. Um, if someone wants to reach out to you, going right to the website, if, can they contact you directly or do you or do you just ref- refer them to your website? 
No, they can contact me directly. So, and that's the beauty of the website. It's got a forum there that can ask Zach. And mm-hmm. so you can actually go to the contact section on the website and my emails right there, Zach at ZachBallinger.com, which is pretty easy to remember. Mm-hmm. And then as well as just get plugged into my social media links. And I accept if you are out there listening. Um, the only thing I say for LinkedIn is put in the note section, who you are, how you found me, because a lot of times we might get spam and we might ignore right. those connections. And I always encourage anybody who are connecting to people to put in their note section, how they have heard about somebody or they they know them awesome zach any anything else that we did not touch on that you'd like to to share with the audience no you know i would just say out there look we've been through a really challenging period i have a speech tomorrow just talking to college students and it's refreshing to sometimes talk to them because you know they're so raw and emotional what we went through in 2020 was tough I mean, we saw a lot. We saw families lose businesses. We saw wealth wiped out. We saw um, people get sick or people, you know, whether you wear a mask or you don't wear a mask. We just all this stuff has shifted and transitioned mm-hmm. and it's made challenging and i think we're we're coming out of the light of the tunnel luckily out of this but i would just say look i know you've had it tough but a lot of people might say this is the worst time to own a business labor shortages stuff like we talk to supply chain issues that we just you know just talk to behind the scenes but what i would say is also the best time to own a business and we have everything before us. Think about the technology we have. Look what we're doing right now. I mean, could we have said 15 years ago, you could own your own podcast and do this video type interview, get out important information for basically nothing. Right. And so now is the best time to own a business. So I just encourage you, if it's always been a passion of yours to be entrepreneur and to own your own business, go for it. Take baby steps, keep learning and developing and you will will make it with that tenacious, tenacious passion that you have like that love it i uh, zach i really appreciate you being on the show i'm sure we could talk for for hours and hours but some some really good advice i encourage everyone to reach out to zach we'll include everything in the show notes the book uh the website uh so you can contact zach directly again zach i appreciate your time and i hope to talk to you soon thank you so much thanks for having me enjoyed it take care thanks for tuning in whenever you're ready here are three ways giuseppe can help One, if you've ever considered owning a business of any kind, you owe it to yourself to get a copy of Giuseppe's book, Franchise Freedom. Download your free copy at ggthefranchiseguide.com slash book. Two, want to understand how successful executives make the transition from corporate to owning their own franchise? Join Giuseppe's next online presentation, Franchise Freedom, How to Escape the Corporate World and Have Financial and Time Freedom by owning a franchise by going to ggthefranchiseguide.com slash video. Three, want to work with Giuseppe one-on-one to identify the right franchise opportunity for you to navigate the process and get plugged into experienced franchising advisors? Send him an email to gg at ggthefranchiseguide.com with one-on-one in the subject and he'll send you all the details.